Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am super excited to have Michael Mayo back on the show. Michael has become a good friend of mine, and I always love interviewing him because he has so much going on and he is just such a loving authentic um person not to mention medium astrologist and many other things and now he's an author and that's why he's on the show today because we're going to talk about his new book Michael is an internationally respected medium, astrologer, and spiritual teacher. He brings a practical, grounded, and evidential t- style to his spiritual work. With his passion for teaching and helping others discover their own unique spiritual connection, he has taught and worked globally. Throughout his 16-plus years of working with the spirit world, he has demonstrated his ability to connect with departed loved ones in both public demonstrations and private sittings. By bringing messages of love and hope from the spirit world, his mission is to show that we, like love, are eternal. Welcome to the program, Michael. Thank you, Marla. It's so great to be here. Thanks for uh, having me back. I always love that last sentence of your bio. It just, It's just really special. You are welcome. So anyway, you have written a book, Spirit Speaks. And can you show us a copy of that so so that listeners can see it? So go to YouTube and check it out if you're if you happen to be listening to this just on audio. Um, so Michael, let's just start at the, at the beginning. Um, I know you began Oak Bridge Institute, and we talked about that on your last interview. And why did you decide to write this book? Yeah. So. Um... This was something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to write a book, more than one book. <laughs> um, <laughs> a year ago or a little over a year ago, um, the publisher came to me and said, hey, we really like what you're doing. Are you interested in writing a book? And I was like, absolutely. Um, and so I decided to kind of work with them and pitch what I was planning on doing. Uh, and they said, yeah, let's do it. And I was very, very excited. So You know, I always thought that when I was going to write a book, I was going to have to like write something and then go find the people and put it all around. And thankfully that didn't happen here. Um, I really believe the spirit has led me to to this publisher. And um, yeah, so they kind of gave me some time to sort of write an initial thing. And um, I kind of put it off, put it off, put it off because I'm so busy with everything else. And then they were like, hey, if you want your book to come out by next year, you're going to have to get it done by this date. And so I went into super writing mode and essentially like wrote a book in three weeks. <laughs> wow. I think speaks to the fact that it needed to come out, right? It needed to be here. So um, yeah, this is this book is really about helping people who want to connect the spirit world for themselves, for other people, and really trying to weed through 
all the kind of information that's out there. Because if anyone is on TikTok or on any sort of social media, I mean, it's a crazy wild, wild west world out there on what people claim to be genuine and real and all sorts of things. Um, and my goal and passion has always been to help people have true, genuine spiritual experiences. Um, because, you know, we can do a lot of airy fairy sort of woo woo stuff, mm -hmm. um, which is can be fun. But when you have the real authentic communication and connection with spirit, it's like nothing else. It, it opens your world. It expands your mind. It reveals who you are as a person. And so Spirit Speaks is really about helping people make that link um, and clarify what's real, what's real authentic mediumship. Wow. It's so important and needed because I think most people have have tried to connect with others or understand messages or meditate and ask for for a message or some evidence. And it's really easy to get stuck. So a book like this is so it's so important. And so do you believe that everyone has medium mediumistic abilities? You must or you wouldn't have written the book. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. That's that's the definite place that we start with with the book is that everyone has this ability. It is about accessing it, right? Because you are a spiritual being having a human experience. You are spirit first, right? There is no reason why we cannot connect to ourselves, our spiritual awareness, which is connected to other spiritual awareness. Um, it's the physical body that creates this illusion that we are separate, that we are not all actually connected in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I think as we start to move our awareness away from focusing in on the physical the things that separate us, we then start to connect with more of ourselves. And that part is directly connected to your spirit, my spirit, those who have crossed over. And that's what we learn to pay attention to. We learn to quiet the thinking mind so that we can have access to more of what we already are, our spirit, our, our spiritual awareness. Wow. So I know at the beginning of the book, you kind of set the stage for, for giving a step-by-step, -step, you know, giving step-by-step -step guidance. Um, can you tell us about a little bit about setting the stage? Yeah. So when I'm starting the book, and I'm just going to peek at the table of contents sure. to remember what I write um, a very long time ago. Um, the, the place where we really start is I, I give a little bit of an introduction of like my journey, how you can, uh, how this book can help you and kind of why I wrote it. Um, and it's really to support and help people with genuine spiritual connection. Um, then we move into part one, which is really about dispelling common myths and fears. So within mediumship, there are all kinds of either misinformation, right, or fears that people have, which either come from, you know, cultural-based things, religious-based things, or just the media, right, like movies and TV. So we go through a lot of these ideas, and we really start to dispel why these scary negative things are not real, are not going to impact you. So that way we start the book with going, hey, if you had any fears or reservations about any of this, here's why you don't have to. And why this actually is a beautiful process, a safe process, um, and you can you know, happily explore all of it. Mm -hmm. And then we move into kind of understanding what the authentic mediums experiences. So 
why I phrase it like that is that, you know, we hear all kinds of different people, you know, experiencing things. You'll see people that kind of like go a little dramatic in their connections and, you know, act out these different things. And I really wanted to be able to express to people like, here's what it looks like when we have grace and ease and simplicity connecting to the spirit world. And, and then we really start to break down things like the clairs, so clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. We move into what's the difference between mediumship and psychism, um, how to remain grounded in all of this work. And then I also address empaths um, because a lot of people identify as empaths. And I really wanna empower those individuals to kind of continuously seek and discover and learn more. So that's all part one. It's sort of setting the stage um, for our work that we're going to do together in the book. Right. When you talk about what is an authentic medium's experience, can you just elaborate? Do you, are, are you talking in that chapter, are you talking about you as a professional medium, what kind of what what you experience? Are you talking more about what I would experience by going through through these these steps? Yeah, so it's more about what you would experience going through these mm-hmm. steps. What that experience is like. What is it like to feel the presence of a spirit? What is it like to get clairvoyance? How do we perceive these sorts of things? And then uh, we kind of parse through like, well, what's information that's coming from my thinking mind? What's information that's coming from the spirit world? And is this psychic or is this mediumship? Right? There's so many of these different layers of our awareness that we kind of have to unpack and understand so that we can understand what's coming from me or what's coming from the spirit world. How does one figure that out? <laughs> that's a little <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, when it comes to uh, figuring that out, it it's first information, right? We have to have information to understand what sort of the framework is going to be. Um, what we then do though, is it's through uh, experience. So like I can read, you can read till the cows come home about mm. clairvoyance, clairaudience, all sorts of things. But until you have an understanding of what it, the experience is like for yourself, that's when you start to develop discernment. So for example, Let's say we were in a spirit circle together, which is the traditional way of developing one's mediumship. It's through you kind of giving this information out of what your perceptions are. And then your sitter, the person receiving the information, either validating it or saying, no, that doesn't make sense. That's going to cultivate that discernment for you. So by having in real time someone to say to you, you know, this makes sense, this doesn't. It helps you discern that when I get a yes, that's coming from the spirit world, right? And that has a certain feeling to it. When I get a no, that also came to me with a certain feeling. (laughs) We start to discern, okay, when it comes to me like this, it's incorrect. When it comes to me like this, it is correct. So you end up actually knowing you're going to be right before you even speak it because you can feel, aha, the spirit world feels this way to me when the information is correct. Right. Okay. What if, yes. Uh, <laughs> what if you're not, not being trying practicing on someone else, but what if you're just doing it for yourself? For example, I will get like little tingles on the top of my head. And it's so funny because uh, uh, a medium, I'm sure, you know, Ann Van Orsdell, we were, she, the first time I sat with her, 
and she was being the medium, of course, she she told me that, that happened to her. And I thought that is so cool. I would I would love if that and then probably a year or so later, it just started happening to me. And it was just such a valid day. I mean, right now I'm getting goosebumps and you hear people say that all the time. Yeah. And it really those things really do start happening. But what are some of the other things if you're just kind of doing it inwardly for yourself Absolutely. to connect with loved ones? When we, what we learn to do, and I talk about this in the book, is when we're learning how to discern what's my energy versus what's spiritual energy, um, that first step of that is discovering what are you, right? What do I feel like? What does energy even feel like to me? Mm -hmm. And so we start to really define that for you first. So that's the first step. You have to know what you feel like before you can tell what spirit feels like. So some things that we feel like are things like tingling, buzzing, heaviness, thickness in the atmosphere, almost feels like there's humidity around you, that sort of thickness. Those are all signs that you're moving into an energetically sensitive space. Mm -hmm. So once we're in that energetically sensitive space, which naturally can occur, like anytime that you are sort of zoning out or you're not doing a whole lot, um, you're not really thinking very hard, you're kind of daydreaming, so to speak, those are very easy moments for the spirit world to connect with you. And you may start to feel their energetic signature or presence. So like you were describing, the tingling on the top of your head, or you might feel like a pressure kind of over on your shoulder or your hand, or you might start to get goosebumps moving in a certain direction, right? All of those things are indicators of presence. And that's what we sort of build to in this book. So when we get to the section that's on that step-by-step approach, we try to, with exercises um, that you can do by yourself, you don't need anyone there, to get you to uh, experience some of these sensations. Right. So that way you're starting to recognize, ooh, this is what I feel like. And then now this new sensation is coming in. That's the spirit world. Can you can you tell us a few of the other things that people would would feel? Yeah, absolutely. Or, so, or the exercises or a couple of the exercises that yeah, you suggest. So the way that we started off with is a practice called sitting in the power. And I'm sure you're familiar with that, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, with that practice, what we're learning to do is to quiet our thinking mind. We're learning to become passive and receptive. And we're also learning to sense and feel what we feel like energetically. So as one starts to become quiet in their thinking mind, as they start to kind of go into this passive receptive state that there is a meditation in the book that walks you through that, um, you then start to attune your awareness, not so much to the physical world anymore, but to your energetic senses. And by doing so, by tuning to these energetic senses, we start to recognize um, what it feels like when they change, right? So what does it feel like first? What do I feel like first? How does the energy feel with me? How does it move? Then we move to the next exercise, which will be in the next uh, section where we um, learn to control our energy. So we learn a concept um, with an exercise I call hard focus, soft focus, where what we do is we allow our awareness to become uh, passive first. And then we really focus on trying to sense something. And then we relax it again. And then we try to focus it again. And then we relax it again. And it's through that process we recognize, wow, when I relax my energy, I feel more, I experience more. When I try to focus my energy, I don't feel as much. 
And it teaches you this principle that our energy actually opens and we're more receptive the more that we relax our awareness rather than try to go get information or try to make this work. That's where most people go wrong in their development is that they think it's like everything else. Oh, if I want to talk to this loved one, I need an effort. I need to try. I need to go reach information. It's actually the exact opposite. The less I do, the more I can experience. And then we move into where we connect with our spirit guide. And that's really the first time you start to identify, oh, I'm sensing something outside of myself because now I'm familiar with what I feel like. Now we invite our spirit guide in and then you have another experience that helps you to start to recognize what like a non-physical presence feels like as they step into your energy. So it's kind of taking you step-by-step step, all of the things that you need to be able to start to sense and perceive. And then we move that further into um, connecting to the essence. How do we start to describe a presence? How do we describe people in our lives? And recognizing, wow, you know what? When I meet someone, like when I meet Marla, like she has a vibe, she has an essence about her that is beyond just like how she appears or how she behaves. There's a quality to her that gives me information. So anyone we ever meet, we feel that. We, it may be subconscious. We may not be consciously aware that we're picking up on that, but we are. And so that's how we actually learn to do mediumship is, well, what is this internal experience that I'm having about this energy, this essence? And that's how we kind of just keep building uh, along the yeah. way. As I listen to you, I think about how helpful that is just in earthly life too. Absolutely. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest things that we really teach, especially at the Oak Bridge Institute, is this idea that the way that we do our mediumship is oftentimes the way that we do the rest of our life. Right. The challenges that come up in your mediumship will invariably be the same challenges that we have in our day-to-day -day life. So a lot of people will uh, run into challenges such as um, perfectionism, right? or they beat themselves up every time that they get something wrong and it really discourages them. Or they might start to feel like um, self-doubt about their own ability to make this happen. And we can always go, okay, this is the issue coming up for you in your mediumship. Where in your life are you also experiencing that? And what we end up finding is that, whoa, all of these same ideas of like perfectionism, for example, I do everything that way. Yeah. I, I keep myself to that really high standard. And what's so important to do is to start to unpack, well, why do I do that? And in Oak Bridge, we have, um, it's kind of the intermediate sort of uh, section of our training courses. It's called expansion. Um, it's, a, it's a 10 month course. And um, that's what we do that whole time. We get different concepts that we work with in mediumship, such as trust, allowing, surrender, all these things. And we apply them to our lives. And we actually have a whole um, workbook put together by a psychotherapist friend that I have um, that is uses both of these things. So your mediumship is directly connected to the way that you do life. And what's so amazing is when you start to improve these things in your mediumship, they often start to bleed into your regular life. So people start to become more trusting of themselves or start to become more uh, allowing an acceptance of what is rather than fighting or trying to control everything. 
right? So it's this beautiful process of you can fix that here and it'll help your mediumship or you can fix it in your mediumship and it'll help you in your regular life. So it says you are not able to separate yourself from your mediumship. You are your mediumship. And so that's that personal development side of mediumship that is so vital and important for a medium to really see their full potential. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And also, I think for myself to recognize, because number one, I'm aware, and number two, I can feel it now, others others' energies. Yeah, Just feel absolutely. that. And that's that's really important, important to do. So I've never thought about this question before, but it just popped into my mind. Um, do, do you as a medium, do you ever just kind of get tired of like quieting the mind and connecting? And what, what kind of keeps your passion for, for all of this? And you keep going and creating and which is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, <laughs> what what I would say is that it's not all about just quieting the mind, um, like it, it, as Michael, as a person, right? My mediumship is about that, right? Like it's about becoming centered and reconnecting in. But the rest of the time I live my normal life. Like I, I go out yeah, and I yeah, drink yeah. and do whatever I want to <laughs> do. Have a good time, right? So for me it's that balance between like living your human life because you're here to learn. Like just because I'm, you know, working as a medium doesn't mean I'm somehow more evolved or somehow better yeah. than anyone else, right? Like I am just like you. Like I have my issues and challenges that I have to work through. Um, and so you still have very much your human life and side of things. But what you end up finding is that the more that you cultivate that spiritual side, it makes the human living so much easier and softer because you start to recognize, wow, a lot of the fears in life stem from fear of separation, of loss, of death, yes. right? When you start to cultivate your spiritual awareness, it's easier to meet the world, people, um, experiences with less fear and less anxiety. And anxiety is something I've had to deal with because I'm a naturally sensitive person. Um, and so I've had to really work on that and really try to figure that out. But I found that as I evolved as a medium, as I evolved in my spiritual understanding, it helped me have less fear of the outcome because I knew that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. No matter what happens, whether, it, you know, something scary or challenging comes, I know I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to grow. I'm going to move beyond that. Or if it becomes something even more, you know, life-threatening or something along those lines, do obviously our nature is not want to pass to the other side, but now that I have an understanding that like, actually I'm going to be met by my loved ones. That's the, Oh, first I thing. can't wait. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so there's this whole thing of like, the more that you understand what that process might look like or feel like, or be like, the more that you were, you feel a little sense of like, it's a part of life. It's not something I have to be afraid of. It's not something I have to battle. Instead, it's something that, actually it's going to reunite with the people that I love. Yeah, I'm going to see them. I'm going to hug them. I'm going to feel the peace. I mean, I've never, like when you look into things like near-death experiences, if you have at all, Marla, I'm sure you have. Oh yeah, what? Those are so fascinating and so reassuring because they so highlight, I mean, consistently across the board, it's like 
I never felt that much peace and love. I didn't want to come back from that, right? I got to see my loved ones and it made me feel hopeful and no longer afraid of death. And I think those are so fabulous at reframing death because in the West, death is sterilized, right? Death is this thing that's far away and that we don't, we don't see it. So we are kind of scared of it. We don't have an understanding of it. The more you develop that understanding, the less fear I feel you have. And that's what happens through that spiritual awareness, through the spiritualization of the self. And that's something that I really talk about in this book is that the phenomena of mediumship, which is communication with the spirit world, it is awesome and fun and exciting and cool. I love it. But the reality is, is that the phenomena of mediumship is actually a byproduct of the spiritualization of the self. So the more that, like, that's actually the meat. You ask me, what's the thing that keeps me coming back and like wanting to continue to do that? It's that. It's the spiritualization of myself, the discovery of the vastness of what I am, and the deepening of realizing, wow, I can experience this world through a much more compassionate lens. I can alleviate the suffering of others. I can support not only myself, but make a positive impact in those around me. And that's the thing that really keeps me driving forward. The mediumship is fun and I love it, but it's the spiritualization of myself. That's the thing that is just addicting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, And don't you agree that when you do become, I will say, much more spiritual that not not to say that you know people are walking around with big egos or anything but there's a sense of people are drawn to you and that you do carry a light somehow some way around around you don't you feel that way the the light the light workers which yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. I do, yeah. And, and you know, I kind of touch on this concept um, in the empath section of the book um, because I think our empathic people are very, very sensitive. Um, they often are, are caretakers, the people that really, like, want to do good for others. And what I have found is that helping them to recognize what their strength really is, which is feeling, which is exuding feeling, right? They actually have more power to positively impact their environment rather than what empaths mostly feel, which is this sense of like the the environment, they're a victim to their their environment, right? Right. Go into that. But what, what the reason I mentioned this to you right now is because I feel that people sense that thing that we exude, which is that knowing or that peace or that groundedness or that safety because in a world that doesn't feel that way, where we have fears, when we feel the presence of someone who feels sure or who feels connected to something bigger than themselves, I think that creates a draw because they're like, hey, wait, you have something that I'm missing or I need or I want. What is that thing? And so we we demonstrate that, right? We By living that desire for peace or that desire for connectedness or harmony or whatever word you want to use there it has an impact on the space around us mm-hmm. impact on the people's lives that we come in contact with and i think that's really what you're getting at is like yes what is, exactly 
what is that thing? And that's what it is. It's we're embodying more of ourselves, more of that spiritually divine, eternal aspect of ourselves. And I think other people recognize that. They may not consciously know what it is, but they recognize something's different. Well, if you write the way you speak, I think this book's going to be a bestseller. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I I actually think I'm a better writer than I am. (laughs) So this just has our young written all over it, you know? So let's, let's talk about that, how this book will influence not only adults, but our young people and, um, and what it can do to help them. Absolutely. I think the first thing, especially that we see with young children or even, you know, adolescents is to dispel the fear right? Because that's the first thing you always see with children, or not always, but often you see with children is that they're afraid of their experiences because they can't explain them. They don't understand them, right? Right. And so for any parent who gets to grab this book and recognize, oh my gosh, there's actually nothing I need to fear from this. This is all actually very much understood. And I can actually support my child through that because now I have an understanding, right? Mm -hmm. I feel that is so helpful because then we don't have to negate any of it. We don't have to, you know, say, hey, this isn't it. Um, or, you know, our religious beliefs coming into it, our, our our own fears, because so many people walk around with fears embedded in them because they never got proper education on the other world. They only have movies, you know what I mean? They only have what their preacher tells them. They only have these other things that tell them this is scary, evil, or bad. Right. And so it's so helpful for us and especially for children when we have an adult that can be someone who understands it or who can hold space for them to feel safe, to feel understood. Um, and when, you know, you go through this book, your child will say to you, Hey, I was seeing, you know, grandpa so-and-so in the room. You're like, well, that fits under clairvoyance. <laughs> that, <laughs> right, that is right, okay. Right. I understand that. Right. And that, that presence that they can sense in their room through that feeling, right. The, the sense that someone's there, that clairsentience, they can say, Oh, that's just your grandma. That's um, so-and-so that's your dad that is there. He's watching over you. So anytime you feel that, know that that's who that is. Right. right. So you can really support them at an early age um, to make them feel safe to kind of maintain some of this, maintain some of this connection. Obviously it changes, it goes through its waves as they turn into adolescents and adults because of our brain development and individualization, but we can keep some of that along the way. Yeah. When they start to experience these things, they they have an understanding we can teach them. Nobody teaches people about these things at a young age, right? No, they don't. Because especially in my generation, because we were never taught taught it unless through, like you said, a religious organization. And I'm just thinking about the exercises that you suggest. I mean, how beautiful to do some of those without the child, a child really, a group of children even know what you're what you're doing, but how important for that. So can you just grab a few that you think would be really good because I know you've worked a lot with kids in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely learning the process of uh, quieting the mind, becoming still. I mean, teaching children that at a young age, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's studies on this. I couldn't name you. Yeah. One. yeah. I know there are studies that have shown 
teaching children to quiet their thinking mind, to go within, to sense has great impact on their life the rest of the way. And being able to manage their emotions, be aware of what they're feeling, really start to recognize what they are, right? I think that's a really important one. So the sitting in the power that is in that vein, absolutely. Um, even just sensing energy and learning, wow, we actually all are made up of energy. So especially those first few um, exercises in the book, they definitely are something that a child could benefit from because it's just teaching them about themselves and about the reality of life, the reality of energy, that all things are energy. And teaching children that way, I think, will help them to foster this sense of connectedness, not to just ourselves, to others and the environment, right? Because the plants have life, you know, yes. and objects have energy, right? And having that as a foundational understanding of the world, I mean, what a beautiful way to make them feel reconnected. I mean, I know there's other um, cultures and, and belief systems that, that do bring those ideas in. And I just think that we're so sterilized from them. You know, the whole materialist idea of what the world is, um, which is it's just the things that we see and feel and measure and that's it. It's separating. It's sad. It's, and it's inaccurate in my opinion. I mean, yes, I, just, yes. I, I think that it's not fair to kind of cut a child off who is naturally connected to that already, right? Because they just got here. <laughs> they don't right, right. programming all, all in them. Um, and so oftentimes you hear children talking about their past lives, talking about the energy that they feel, seeing. So like, it's already their experience. We're just supporting to help them understand how do they manage it? How do they discover it? Well, I so hope that is, and I do think that it is changing um, slowly, but I do think that, that the world is changing. Definitely. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. I so appreciate it. And I've already pre-ordered your book. Um, is there anything, um, words of wisdom or anything? I'm just reading over a few things that you say about connecting with your spirit people, um, exploring the history of mediumship also, pondering the ethical considerations, a deeper understanding of grief. This book helps you connect with who you truly are and live more meaningfully. <laughs> meaningfully. <laughs> so what, what would you like to leave us with any, any words? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this book is really for establishing a solid foundation for really more than just mediumship. It's, it's about any kind of sort of, as I call other awareness. So whether that's psychism, whether that's mediumship, whether that's healing or any other energetic work that you might do, this is an excellent book for helping you to have a solid foundation of what's real, what's true, so that you can really follow those breadcrumbs and let the spirit world guide you in the direction that your world, your impact might benefit from um, with that guidance, with that connection. So for me, um, I really am proud of this book. I'm so um, just excited for people to read it because I do think it's filling in um, a gap in what may be missing for people's understanding of themselves, their spiritual self, and how they can already do all of this. <laughs> it's just discovered. right. 
So it's, I think it's really opening that door and, and I really hope they enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. So people want to buy your book or find out more about you and Oak Bridge. How would they do that? Yeah, to buy my book, you can go to Amazon, type in Michael Mayo. The book's called Spirit Speaks um, and it will be right there. Um, you can also um, get it through Llewellyn, which is the publisher. So do Llewellyn.com. Um, and oakbridgeinstitute.org is my website uh, for working with me. So let's say you read the book and you're like, you know what? I love this book, but I also want to put it to practice in a group setting where I want to put it to practice and really see what's possible for me. That's where you'll do it, where we offer weekly classes, um, workshops. Um, actually, Eileen Davies, who you know and love, she's now teaching at my school as well. Wonderful. About. Um, and then we also have courses that take you from the beginning of your development all the way through to a professional level. And those, you know, it's over, I would say it's like three and a half years total, um, but you can start that journey. So oakbridgeinstitute.org is where you can work with me and the other tutors that I have uh, working. Yes. And you mentioned that if someone pre-orders your book, if they they'll be invited to a demonstration, can you- Yeah, there's actually a, a couple of things that we're offering with that. So. Um, if you pre-order my book or you buy it in that first week um, of the 8th, so from the 8th to I think it's the 15th. December um, 8th. Yeah, December 8th, yep. Um, you will get, um, I will send you the sitting in the power meditation, the one from the book, but it's an audio. So you can just listen to it. So um, that's the first thing. Um, if you write a review on Amazon, you will uh, get entered into a free reading. So that's another exciting thing. So it will... It'll be a raffle, so someone will be getting a free reading. Um, but then also on the 8th of December, I am doing a demonstration of mediumship. So you can come and um, watch that. But it's normally $35 um, for general admission. But if you have the uh, receipt of your book, you get in for that cost. So you're getting a demonstration and the book also. So that's uh, December 8th at 6 p.m. Pacific. You can sign up for that at the Oak Bridge Institute org in the events section yes well thank you thank you it's so wonderful to see you again and i'm so excited about all these wonderful things that you're offering to the world thank you so much marla it's always a pleasure to get to connect with you and, and work with you in this way yes well have a great rest of the day and um, we'll talk soon all right thank you okay thank you Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.